pro football focus analyst, the great Steve Palazzolo. Steve, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, we're happy to have you. I I, I guess we'll start with the Browns and then go to the playoffs here. Actually, you know what? No, because we were just talking about the NFL and the way it sure seems like they want to use this hypothetical Bills-Chiefs uh, AFC title game on a neutral site. It sure seems like we're getting some like circumstantial evidence they might want this as a trial balloon for future potential ideas. Would you be upset if in five years the NFL basically made the conference title games extensions of the Super Bowl and, and both games played off-site or neutral site? Yes, I would hate that. That is a terrible idea. I hate this so much. I mean, first off, you want to... You want play. You want teams playing for something in the regular season. Not only is the number one seed more valuable just because of the buy, but home field advantage does actually matter, of course. And it's not like they need tickets to sell. Like they're going to sell out every single conference championship game with a great atmosphere, a home atmosphere, and then you get to see outdoor games in Buffalo and Kansas City, and you get to see cold. I don't want everything in a controlled dome. I, I, you're going to get more points in a controlled dome. I will admit that that's why the nfl likes this but um i hate this idea i think i think home field matters you know playing a nfc championship in green bay like that stuff's awesome we cannot lose the home field advantage in the conference championships steve getting to this round of playoffs uh vegas thinks at least three of these four games could be uh not necessarily lopsided but but maybe not as close as this last weekend's game so i'll ask you do you look at this weekend's slate of games and see a bunch of potentially lopsided or or not relatively close games yeah i think i think the saturday games easily could be you know so the the jags going into kansas city the giants going into philadelphia i, I think one of the things that happens every year around playoff time is the perception is so high for certain teams coming out of wild card weekend that you just forget that the teams they're going to play are really really good they were just because they're on buys you kind of forget it but the eagles are so good all around everything that they do um, as long as Jalen Hurts is, is healthy, right? As long as he comes back, he, he was a little rusty last time he played against the Giants in Week 18. As long as the Eagles are healthy, I mean, they, they're probably the best all-around team in the NFL. And, of course, the Chiefs are juggernaut as well with Mahomes and that offense and a good enough defense this year. So I, I could see those games being blowouts. I mean, again, anything can happen. And the Giants are a feisty team and the Jags are a fun underdog type of story. But on paper, yeah, like the Chiefs and Eagles should be big favorites I, I do think Sunday's matchups will be could be really really good though with, you know Bengals and Bills they look very evenly matched even though the spread's almost it, it, I don't know if it's up to six yet but it was five and a half a couple days ago and um, Cowboys and Niners you know they, they should be good games on Sunday but I can see the Saturday games if anything being a little bit more lopsided if anything what team this weekend Steve has the most to lose I mean I think it's I think it's always a team like the Chiefs you know, because it, it, look, every team wants to win the Super Bowl. A lot of people are saying the playoffs. Cowboys. That's why I asked you. Well, the the, the Cowboys, it's like just uh, the, the Cowboys always come up because of the story. You know, Jerry, like they were celebrating like they just won the Super Bowl exactly. in Tampa Bay the other night. They were they were so excited. So I, so I'll agree on the Cowboys because the Jerry Jones story is always fascinating, and there's always this realistic or unrealistic expectation that they should be winning the Super Bowl. But so the Cowboys are up there. But the Chiefs are trying to become the Patriots of the you know that 20-year dynasty period, right? The Chiefs are trying to become that team that is always in the AFC Championship, that is always competing for Super Bowls. 
And so that's what they have to lose every single year, right? The Chiefs are playing against the standard of like, oh, Patrick Mahomes is supposed to win five or six Super Bowls. And if they, if they only win two or three, it might feel like a failure there in Kansas City, even though it's not the same thing as like Dallas, you know, trying to get over this hump and win multiple playoff games and actually get back to their uh, the glory days of the 90s. Steve Palazzolo of Pro Football Focus on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Uh, it's been interesting to, to talk about Miles Garrett this year in town because on the field, statistically, he had a really, really nice season. Um, there were a couple games that were duds in there, but by and large, I, it was one of his best statistical seasons, and yet he had some off-the-field issues. He got benched for a series against uh, the Saints. Um, there was also the car accident for reckless driving, and you put it all together, and like we had Brian Baldinger on earlier this week, and he was kind of talking about the Jim Schwartz hire and saying, you know, there's still there's still more you can get out of Miles Garrett for him to be put in the same breath with Nick Bosa and TJ Watt and the kind of other elite edge rushers in the NFL. Should Miles, based off what he's done on the field, should Miles already be in the same breath with TJ Watt and Nick Bosa? Or uh, do you think there's something, whether it's a level of consistency, run game, whatever, that, that he still has to go to be there? I mean, I, I think he's already there. I, I think he is as good as it gets. I think he's very much in that conversation. In fact, uh, we had one uh, AP voter via, uh, on PF, uh, at PFF, uh, Sam Monson, my podcast partner, who voted for Miles as, as first team over Nick Bosa um, because we did have a higher grade on him for, as a pass rusher. And um, Could Miles Garrett be better against the run? Absolutely. I do think those guys, Nick Bosa, TJ Watt, they're probably a tick better against the run. But I think when you're talking about the totality of 800, 900 snaps of play, Miles Garrett is absolutely right there with the very best edge defenders in the league, despite even all the stuff that you're saying, benched here and there and the, the accident and all that stuff. We just judge on-field production, and Garrett is – he's there. He was there last year. He's been there the last four years with elite pass rush grades for us. Absolutely could, could stand to improve against the run. But, again, when we're talking about – when we're trying to judge – 800 to 1,000 snaps of players, I think Miles Garrett is very much in that elite conversation with the top two or three edge defenders in the league. So why when, I mean, again, Baldy, he's not the only guy to say this. We've had other people have these, you know, football guys have these conversations with Miles. Why, what, what's the discrepancy here? What, what am I missing? I, I don't know if it's, the weird thing that happens with edge defenders, and I, and I feel like the the advantage that we have at PFF is the fact that we do we do literally watch every snap. And I'm not saying Brian Baldinger doesn't or other people don't, but we watch every snap and we quantify it. So if I have a, 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 a like a, my own perception or my own thoughts coming out of watching a player, I can also refer back to the to every single snap that's graded. And it kind of like bring myself back down to earth so I don't have any biases, so to speak. So I think what happens with edge defenders is people say, well, this guy disappeared for an amount of time. But that's like a nebulous term. That's a term that doesn't mean anything because there's no context against how often should he show up, right? In other words, how often does an edge defender actually win? If he doesn't win a pass rush for 20 straight rushes, is that expected? Or is that uh, him not showing up? So then I go to pass rush win rate. How often did this guy win? And Miles Garrett won at a higher rate than anyone else rushing the passer. So that's what I think happens. Like when you're watching film, sometimes I think it's difficult to, to, to have a foundation of like, what's the expectation? 
no matter how much film you watch, sometimes you're going to, you know, have biases either way. So I think it's a little bit of not really understanding when guys disappear, quote unquote, disappear for certain stretches of play. And there, like I said earlier, there are, there is improvement to be made against the run from, from Miles Garrett. So how much do you weigh that in your head? For me, I think his pass rush prowess is so great that that offsets, you know, maybe being a little bit below TJ Watt, Joey Bosa, Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, those guys as far as the run game goes. Steve, I'm curious your thoughts on Deshaun and what you saw to him in the six games that he played this this year. Um, do you think he'll he'll ever get back to where he was in 2020? Oh man, it was bad. It was really bad. I didn't expect that. I mean, if even if you kind of like flipped uh, Deshaun Watson's games a little bit, they would make more sense, right? I, I feel like his. I mean, he started off slow. It seemed like he turned a corner a little bit, but he, he finished in rough shape. I, I do think he'll turn it around. I think Watson has some – there was always some streakiness to his game, even when he was with the Texans early in his career, where he would put together these stretches of play that were excellent. Um, I guess my concern would be we, – we said he was elite in 2020, the year that they won four games. Prior to that, I felt like Watson was good, very good, um, but the stats were always maybe a touch inflated. Um, and so for us, we've only seen one elite year in our grading and a bunch of good years. So there's a chance. I think he'll get better. He won't be as bad as he was in this six-game stretch, I don't think. But I don't know if he'll ever get – will he get back to that elite level, right? Will he be that top four type of quarterback? Or is he going to be top eight, top 10, top 12? I, look, I think he'll get there. He'll be better. He won't be as rusty as he was this year. But maybe there's some questions about – reaching the ceiling that I think he showed in 2020, even though the Texans couldn't win any games, I thought Watson was excellent in those, in, in, that season. So um, I think he'll be all right, but it, it was a little concerning, you know, the six game stretch and the fact that he didn't actually show improvement maybe as, as the year went on. Follow this man on Twitter at PFF underscore Steve. He is the great uh, senior analyst at pro football focus and pro football focus college. Steve Palazzolo on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Steve, we appreciate you, buddy. Great stuff. You got it. Thank you guys.